it's 84. I had spent a month in San Francisco. And so like, I'm like, I can't go back, you know? That was poet Cassandra Dallet. I'm Jeff, and this is Storied San Francisco. Hello, and welcome to the first episode of season three. Every week for the next 49 weeks, you'll hear from poets, photographers, comedians, and San Franciscans from all walks of life, telling stories, sharing personal histories, and trying to put into words what makes this city so special. Like many of us, Cassandra Dallet isn't from here. But thanks to her aunt who was living here in the 80s, she gave in to that magnetism that the area has. In this podcast, Cassandra takes us with her on a journey through wild roommate situations at Hayton Fillmore and into pits in North Beach she and her teenage friends used to get drunk in. Cassandra is part of our show Love Letters to the City, which takes place at 63 Bluxom Street tonight. Michelle Kilfeather's photos will be up as part of an exhibition over the next few weeks. There's also an interactive aspect to Love Letters that you just have to see for yourself. Please stop by tonight or any weekday over the next couple weeks. Here's Cassandra. So, um, I was born in New Hampshire and raised in Vermont. I was a hippie kid. My parents were city kids who moved out in the 60s to get, well, my dad was tired of going to jail. And, um, you know, they wanted to smoke weed in peace and grow shit and build shit. And they did all of that amazingly. Well, not him so much, but I'll get there. Um, So they both moved, they met in Harvard Square, actually. My mom grew up in Cambridge and my dad had a sandal shop. He was like a more beatnik era than hippie, but um, they ended up in Vermont She ended up showing up at his house in a truckload of crazy people from the city and never leaving, basically. And then... um, Were you already around? When uh, No. When she got pregnant with me, my father came from actually a very wealthy uh, socialite family in New York. They owned a shipping business, the Red D line. Um, So when he went to jail, they sent him to the nut house. That's what they did with rich kids back then. So he spent a lot of time in McLean, which is a very well-known, huge, fancy, well, he called it a nut house. I know it's not really PC, but I call it what daddy said. I have some keys up there from him breaking out. I just, I just sat down recently with his girlfriend from high school who got a pass for him to leave the nut house to go see Ray Charles. And he had to go with uh, an attendant from the facility who was a jazz musician who her first child is by. Okay. And then my dad was like, if you need me to marry you, I will. That would have been a mixed baby in the 50s. Oh. That's a good friend, right? Yeah, I was going to say. I never knew that story. I just met um, his high school sweetheart and heard that story. I thought it was wow. pretty dope. Anyhow, they were out in the woods and um, my dad is a super talker. I have nothing on my dad. You couldn't have enough recording to do a podcast with my father. He's rest in peace. <laughs> a 17 part. He could talk anybody under the fucking table. Okay. And he liked to smoke a lot of weed and do that. And so people came mm. to our house. We had one of those kind of houses. But when my mom was pregnant, his mother, my father's mother, the wealthy artist in Park Avenue, oh. was like, you have to marry her. 
There was already, a, I have a sister that was floating around to the world and he, she was like, you have to. She adored my mom. Was that a society thing or a religion thing or what? Or? No, it was just a do the right thing. Okay. Um, and I want, you know, I want to know my grandchild and she's great. And she adored my mom. My mom is an artist. She's beautiful, smart. Like she totally held together that whole situation for a long time. And when she left, it did derail pretty majorly. So when that happened, we had moved to a way out in the hills, like no electricity, using an outhouse, like crazy ass life. And then it was just me and my dad living like that. And okay, I'm going to give you some way back history of some people that we know in common. Okay. So when I was 12, I was dating a guy because his mom and my father were dating and he lived in Boston. Okay. And his best friend and next door neighbor was Nathan Shapiro, who is Mike's wife, Judy's sister's husband. I have known him since I was a little kid. Got it. His parents and my parents knew, my dad knew him, his dad, since the 50s and the whole beat scene and all that. Okay. So that's a weird connection because, mm-hmm. um, so I lived on a mountain with my dad. I had a boyfriend in a band in the city. I had a very weird, I was 12. Okay. And I had this whole other life. And then by 13, I was staying in, um, did I come to San Francisco? I think I came. I came to spend two weeks with my aunt, who is my mother's younger sister, who is closer in age to me. So we're more like sisters. Mm-hmm. But I hadn't seen her since I was really little, and she lived with us when I was a baby. And so she kind of looked at my mom like her mom because she didn't have her mom died when she was very young. Right. And so we really have still to this day more of a sister mm-hmm. relationship than mm-hmm. an aunt and child, although. She did end up being my legal guardian, which is a fucking shit show. But anyhow, <laughs> bless her heart. I love her to death. But she lived out um, here so, somewhere? So she uh, grew up mostly in Florida and with her father and then went to college in Hawaii and then moved to San Francisco mm-hmm. in the very early 80s. Okay. So in 83, my mom was trying to win points kind of with me because we had a pretty troubled relationship and I lived with my dad. Mm-hmm. And she bought me a plane ticket to come see my cool ass auntie. Well, my cool ass auntie was a punk rocker, which is super what I was like into. Right. And so my auntie was a photographer. She knew all the bands. We went to shows like it was so fun. Did she know the Avengers? Um, you know no, but I know him? a guy that played with them a little bit. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, we've had, um, we've had well, Penelope she might, I don't know. Probably. She was, um, photographing like flipper a lot it was really the hardcore scene okay more so than like the early punk scene okay. that my era was very much the hardcore scene which okay was pretty disappointing in a lot of ways but 80 what are we talking we'll about? get to that so 83 was the first visit that visit okay i came for two weeks in 83 i um had a blast damn oh ridiculous uh, uh, stories for days. When okay? you landed on that trip, like when you when you came out to see your aunt, um, were I you was, already were you already kind of a punk rocker? I or? was wearing a nineteen fifties polka dot dress. It was kind of new wavy with some sneakers. I had all the cash my dad gave me in my shoe, <laughs> and I took a cab to Hate Street, where my aunt was working at Zebra Zebra, a vintage clothing store at Hate and Masonic. Awesome. And 
we hung out on hate street like panhandling for 40s and drinking and doing a lot of drugs yeah meeting hot ass punk rock boys mm-hmm. and <laughs> going to shows and parties and the grand piano we used to hang out in the grand piano which was a huge cafe that is I don't even know. I think it's um, it's been it was a vintage store that big big one. I could go through the whole city and tell you what every building used to be and what it was before that, right? Well, that'll be a field trip. We'll so, go that later. Yes, Wasteland oh, yeah. used to be the Grand Piano, which was a huge cafe with like a back room too, and there was food, and it was really a hangout. It was really a scene, but there was a lot of cafes on. Hate Street then that were like that and we used to hang out in all of them what other music venues you said you're seeing a lot of shows uh, The Mab um, Club Foot um, The Farm I'll get into all of those okay um, not the on Broadway yet I'm not even sure if on that trip we went to a lot of shows okay but I wait was that the year after okay well whatever the case I don't really remember if we went to a lot of shows then or whatever Definitely panhandling. I don't think I did after that year. But the next summer, I was staying. I had found my sister, my half sister, and she lived in Boston. But she had actually spent most of her youth out here. Um, She came out when she was like 15 or 17 or something and lived in Berkeley and Oakland and was all all over the place. And then she had moved back to Massachusetts to go to Mass Art. Okay. And, uh, was funding that um, rather illegally. Mm -hmm. And we were having a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. So I somehow got myself down there and was staying with her. And we were up at four in the morning or something as we tended to be partying. (laughs) And um, and, uh, she was like, well, why don't, we were talking about California and you know, just like, why don't we just go? She had money, you know, not a problem for her. And then so it was just kind of like, I called my dad and was like, hey, we're going to fly out to California. Could you send me a little money or whatever? And my dad kind of whatever. He was also partaking in the drugs that we were. So mm-hmm. how old were you at this point? I was 13. Oh, oh okay. I'm 14 now because the first year was 13. So now I'm 14. Okay. Um, I was bad and really fast. Mm-hmm. We hung out in these. She she sold to the staff at this club 29s which was a like real upscale restaurant you know 80s everything was all like gleaming black and mm-hmm. all the waiters yeah a lot of mirrors so really funny for obvious reasons. i have great pictures from that place mm-hmm. with her um anyhow we just decided to fly to california i was just trying to get to the punk scene like mm-hmm. to boom i want to be going to shows i want to be hanging out i want that right so i flew out with her went to stay with my aunt my aunt like gave me acid. I tripped my balls and went to Rock Against Reagan, which was at the Moscone Center. Mm-hmm. And my sister was there too. And it was like Dead Kennedys and Flipper and MDC. And wow. um, MDC just wrote a book that that talks mentions it. The Dave MDC, the Dave Dichter, who also is my label mate on Manic Depress. And your first, was that your first acid trip? Yep. She so. left me in a room by myself with a mirror. And so by the time we went to the show the next day, I had like this much thick pancake makeup because I kept trying to cover up what I was seeing in the mirror. And it was really <laughs> bad. And it's the pictures are hilarious. I had so much black eyeliner and white makeup on. Oh it was like a death rocker, but I wasn't really a death rocker. Yeah. Are there pictures? <laughs> there is. My sister yes. has them. I got to get a hold of them. Okay. Um, 
there's definitely good pictures from that day. And my aunt has good pictures from that day, too, of herself. Like, um, she had really long hair left from the hippie days like my mom did. But she shaved it and had, like, cat ears in the front. And Wow. Yeah. Sounds rad. And she did a lot of um, both photography and also art for um, the Slug Lords album. She's on the cover of the album. She painted a leather jacket with their trails of slime. Cool. <laughs> Anyways, were you political yet at this point? I mean, you're super. That's kind of young, but also when some people start. Um, I don't know that I was ever that political, or probably am more now than ever before. I was, yeah. I mean, yes, I listened to the lyrics on those songs and was like, "Fuck this whole shit." Right. I my aunt always called me a nihilist mm-hmm. <laughs> because. Okay, so that was fourteen. So I shaved my head that week, probably. So I'm bald. Um, I was, mind you, I'm a tall person. I was this size since I was 12. So I Mm -hmm. got into bards as a 21-year-old without a problem at 12 and 13 and 14. So that was a thing. So, yeah. Um, Full full on shaved, not mo. Oh, full on shaved. Okay, okay. And I hung around a lot of skinheads because um, one of the first people I met, because my aunt would just be like, why do you, you know, go walk around Hate Street. You'll find shit to do when she had to go to work, when I stay with her, right? And I was really shy, but, you know, I learned what a lot of young people do, that if you drink enough, you forget that you're shy. You forget every fucking thing else, (laughs) too. Right. Um, But I was pretty good at that. So... I hung out, I would hang out on Hay Street, and one of the first people I knew up there was um, a skinhead named Bags, who was one of the original SF skins, and I know that's horrible, but he was kind of, kind of a sweetheart, and like a gross way. I mean, you know, they were skinheads, (laughs) but I was really smitten, like really, really bad. Yeah, that didn't matter at the time. It did not. I I like a certain kind of guy, honestly, Mm -hmm. and to this day, like a bald head, tattoos, and like a kind of prison look is... Still kind of my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the majority of my life has not been in the punk scene. It has been really in the hip hop okay. scene. Okay. Um, yeah. Anyways, so that's, that's what makes later. it all weirder. But that's all later. That's all later. So uh, yeah. So I kind of was tangled up with them, but I guess that's not yet because I'm still just visiting. Mm-hmm. But I go back to the East Coast with a shaved head, combat yes. boots, free box plaid pants from Hay Street. And I've been to some shows now, been in the pit. I'm Done like acid. feeling myself. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I ran into, I called up or ran into or something, this kid who was my friend. Um, he was my boyfriend briefly, but I've never been a very faithful or good girlfriend. So that didn't last long. And then it was, yeah, we just were friends then. And we were both kind of punks. We were both really into the clash and... Um, I forget what else, but we were both heading that way. And so we were hanging out and I was trying to figure out like, we can't go back to this rinky dink fucking school in the woods, you know? So we hitchhiked to New York and we were sleeping on the street. And my mom, I finally called my mom just to say like, I'm alive. I'm not asking you for anything or telling you anything except to know that I'm okay. Mm-hmm. I'm here and I'm not coming back to live in Vermont. That I don't care. So it's like a week before the school year would start. Still, still 84? It's 84. Still I had summer. spent a month in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And so like, I'm like, I can't go back, you yes. know? And so 
how so mom's is amazing my mother's amazing mm-hmm. she says what if she's like you know it's really hard to live on the streets like it's not as much fun as you think it is mm-hmm. dropping out of school and living on the streets is not gonna be that great mm-hmm. she was like what if you could go to san francisco and live with your auntie and you could stay in school oh, shit. <laughs> i was like I'm here for it. I'm here for it. So I went and stayed with some old friends of my parents in the village. And uh, Patrick, that was my friend, my crazy ass friend. Um, And we stayed up all night drunk on St. Mark's with some other friends that met us down there. And then his mom like scooped us up and drove all night and drove us to sign up for school. We were like filthy, still drunk. Oh my God. Both of us. we, We had... Spiked his hair with wood glue or something, so he had like <laughs> really crazy hair. Yeah, because sometimes you're like anything that'll Whatever do. You got handy. Yeah, yeah. it definitely held. Was this? Uh, would this have been high school? <laughs> yeah. So Freshman-ish. we. So we went to tenth grade. We okay. went to sign into tenth grade, <laughs> and um, well, we smelled bad. Like we were like fuck all of this, but I was just like I'm doing my time now. That we're working. We have a deal. Right, to, to put through. I know my auntie is not going to turn me down on this. So, so um, by January, I'm moving to San Francisco. It's okay. happening. So I, um, I do my little few months there. I'm listening to the bad brains on my roar yellow cassette that I mail ordered, yes. and my let the meat jelly beans compilations mm-hmm. and <laughs> stuff like that. Stealing Mom and Jeffrey's George Dickel whiskey, which is fuck. I still Ooh. cannot look at that stuff to this day. <laughs> and um, and then I flew to San Francisco on, I believe, January twentieth, nineteen eighty five. Okay, I flew on People's Express to the Oakland airport because that was the cheapest thing to do back then. Do you just have amazing recall? Because I'm a writer, I've had to remember this stuff to write it down. And if my calculations. Calculations are right. That would have been the day that it, Reagan was re-inaugurated. I think that might be right. Right around that. Um, it was also fucking... the 49ers. It was a huge 49ers yes. win. Super so, Bowl. And so the shit. city was all 49ered out. Yep. Like everything about moving here was so fucking exciting. Um, I remember that cab ride, that first, first cab ride when you go from the airport. I from remember the airport. that shit mm-hmm. so well. Mm-hmm. But this time I got off in Oakland and... We had to get to the BART, and it was my aunt and her boyfriend. She had moved from Hayes and Cole to Hayton Fillmore and was in an apartment full of roommates, as one does, um, and was with her boyfriend, who was a lunatic street kid, weed dealer from Hate Street, mm-hmm. fucking lunatic. Mm-hmm. And so I had a duffel bag and a boombox, a bald head, combat boots, and I moved into this little tiny room in there and I had like a little mat on the floor and those were my items. Within the first day I was there, the house was broken into and the, the boombox was gone. <laughs> that was day day one of San Francisco. Were you crushed or are you just like, fuck it? I was just two. like, fuck, okay, it's real. Like right. get in the right headspace. This is, this then, is real. Back then was Lower Hate. Lower Hay was still a mostly black neighborhood. I was going to say, so it was still different than Upper Hay. There was that distinction. It was very distinct. Lower Hay is really technically Fillmore. Right. 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 So Lower Hay was still a black neighborhood predominantly, but it was on the cusp. So we were at Hayden Fillmore. We had a crazy uh, ex-Catholic priest gay man that lived with us, Stephen with the talking parakeet that said only help, help, it's a people attack. 
his daughter, who was also gay, and her partner, who was in the army and sometimes was there. All a whole cast of other fucking. This was in the crazy same building. Roommates. This is just the flat. Or just the flat. Just okay. there's just the flat. Yeah. And then me, my auntie, and her boyfriend, who literally like fought every waking moment. They were always fighting, always screaming. There was always crying, shit being broken. And um, he was a weed dealer, so there was a lot of people all the time. This is like a version of Tales of the City. Like I think a lot of people read Tales of the City, and you're like, oh, he must have known a couple of really interesting people. I'm like, no. no. This was all over San Francisco. This was one like, flat yeah, in one building yeah. on one block of interesting collections of people living as roommates. I Trust. I, I mean, when I left that apartment the final time, our rent was still like seven fifty, and we had like six fucking rooms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So each person was paying like under a hundred or right yeah. around that. Yeah, That's, yeah, yeah. Um, so, and Hayton Fillmore looked like Walgreens was already there, which is not anymore. It's now CVS, but, um, that had been a corner store, which actually a friend of mine's parents, a black family owned, rest in peace, because they, both those parents are past, but, um, and there was like Lee's Popular Market. I don't know if that's still there, which is always like, my favorite is Hoods, and I was just talking about this in Oakland there's a lot of old markets that were like Chinese owned that catered to black people mm-hmm. and there's because it's like everybody eat, really eats soul food if you get back to the right they know about some oxtails and some pig's feet and shit mm-hmm. like that and that was that kind of grocery store mm-hmm. there's O'Looney's and he's still there and you should always go see Muhammad if you're ever at Hay and Steiner that's our dude he sold us so much alcohol when we were kids <laughs> and um, I always stop by and chat with him when I'm in the neighborhood awesome um, there was the Peacock Lounge, Jimmy's West Point. There was Aquarius Barbershop. The health food store was already there. Already called Whole Foods or? Um, Is that the one you're thinking Yeah, of? the yeah. corner one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that or same. Th- we're, we're probably going to get sued just for saying that on the podcast. Oh, Jesus. But that's the name of the fucking that store. That is. It was there before. <laughs> yeah. It's been there a long ass time. One of our roommates used to work there. Tomatis. Two Several of our roommates worked there. Tomatis, Amazon. We're, we're here. There was Fat Ladies, which was a candy store that later turned into the tattoo shop on mm-hmm. Fillmore, but that was a black owned. There was a lot of black owned businesses, just so people know, mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. There was Miss Vicky's where we used to buy our hair bleach, the candy shop. That was the same family, and they owned quite a few businesses around there. Anyhow, I digress, but there was not a lot of white families down there for sure, and there was us. And the, I mean, there was. Some I, we there was some party houses down there, but mostly Upper Hate for all that. So mm-hmm. mostly for me at that time, I would just go up Hate Street every day. That was well, okay. I did enroll in school. I <laughs> enrolled in school, and um, my aunt had to like go with me and sign me up because she was my legal guardian. Right. Um, to make that happen, we had to go to court at City Hall, and I was so drunk from being outside the Mab <laughs> the night before that she was just like. I can smell liquor reeking off you and it's so obvious you haven't gone to sleep or anything and I'm here to like say I'm going to be your guardian great so we did that I was wearing a plaid skirt the bald head combat boots I remember that so well so hungover Jesus Um, God okay so I used to go hang out on hate street all day long mm -hmm. and then go by the map at night and then by the map there used to be the pit Mm -hmm. which was um it actually has a lot of history. It was the International Hotel, which was ah, a Filipino right. um, immigrant 
place that was torn down it was a big deal and then it was just a hole in the ground for a really long time and when we were teenagers that hole in the ground is where you drank when you were going to or coming from the pit and when you were underage and couldn't get in the mab i mean to or from the mab you drank down there all night like that was pretty much you went to broadway and then you just went to the pit Mm -hmm. and so everybody was always there come falling through Uh, especially a lot of the homeless kids so Mm -hmm. i was always bringing home a lot of my homeless punk rock friends Mm -hmm. from there and stuff like that and i was always blacking the fuck out and like falling down into the pit and i have scars it was excessive That was Cassandra Dallet. Check back next Thursday when Cassandra will share stories of going to high school in San Francisco and some of the characters she befriended there. Find Cassandra at Cassandra Dallet. That's D-A-L-L-E-T-T dot me. She also has her own podcast, Badass Bookworm. Music for Storied San Francisco is by Otis McDonald. Film photography is by Michelle Kilfeather. The show is produced and hosted by me, Jeff Heim. Please help support what we do by going to the store page on our website and choosing from several different pledge levels. The site is storiedsf.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review the show. And if you have any feedback for us, our email is storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.